0: Welcome back to Observing the Sabbath I am your host Nathaniel Molnar And we are finally, finally taking a look at Sabotage The sixth studio album from Black Sabbath I know this has been one that a lot of you have been looking forward to And I've been looking forward to doing this album Uh, It it is one of, for the longest time, Sabotage was my favorite Sabbath album. It has since been replaced by Volume 4, but Sabotage is right up there. That's like a top three favorite uh, Sabbath album for me. And I know for a lot of you, it is your number one favorite album, and is probably, like by far, it is the most requested uh, album for this channel that you guys have been wanting us to take a look at. So we've done Black Sabbath, we've done Paranoid, we've done Master of Reality, we've done Volume 4, we've done South bloody Sabbath, and now we are doing Sabotage. Sabotage from 1975. To put us in context, before we get into Hole in the Sky, let's kind of paint us uh, our perspective real quick. So they've done five albums. They finished uh, their fifth album, South bloody Sabbath, in 1973. Now, uh, they were putting out, the eight studio albums from Black Sabbath came from 1970 to 1978. They put out eight albums in eight years, and there were two years that they did not put out an album. One of those years was 1974. So, you have these uh, 20-something-year-old kids put out Black Sabbath in 1970, and they shoot up. Uh, in popularity and they start touring the world and they put out all these albums they put out five albums in three years which is just just mind-boggling five albums in three years and not just that they put out that kind of content that quickly but that those albums are as good as they are as timeless as they are that we're still talking about them 50 plus years later um so they put out five albums in three years finally take a year off and now we get into sabotage and the underlying thing going uh, alongside sabotage behind the scenes they're being sued by their manager and they're going in and out of court their contracts with their uh, managers uh, left for them to get uh, ripped off by a considerable amount of money so, as the members of Black Sabbath will tell you, they were uh, in and out of court as they were uh, creating this album. They would record, and then they go to court, and then they would record and work on the album, and then go to court. So, uh, it was not a very pleasant experience making this album, and which is why it's called Sabotage, because they felt like they were being sabotaged by the people who were supposed to help them creatively. And I think that Sabotage is their... Probably their darkest album. I mean, it's kind of hard to think about it being their darkest album... When you go to Black Sabbath... Which opens with the the thunder and the pouring rain... And the... Dun, 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 you know... But Sabotage really is their darkest album. Uh, it, it, it's their grittiest. It's their darkest. It, it really... It, it's their heaviest album as well. And the things that they do in this album... I really think as much shit as they were taking behind the scenes, and probably as excruciating as the process was for making this album, I really do think it kind of the the I, I always think that struggle and challenge really makes for can yield the best results when it comes to art. You know, I like you guys know I always kind of put things in terms of movies because I'm a I'm a film person uh, by nature. And so, like, you look at, say, Jaws, the making of Jaws, where um, they had the animatronic, giant animatronic uh, shark that they were going to use for the film, and they were going to show a lot more of the shark throughout the movie, but the shark kept breaking down, and they kept having all these issues while they were out in the middle of the ocean trying to film this movie, and all these production issues forced them to become a little bit more creative. ...and make a few more decisions... ...and what ultimately... ...those struggles and those issues... ...ultimately led to them... uh, ...creating a phenomenal movie... ...and one of the strengths of that movie... ...is the fact that you don't see the shark too much... ...but that reason that you don't see the shark too much... ...is because their, uh, their shark... ...their physical shark that they had broke down... ...so I think when you look at something like Sabotage... Yes, they have all these issues going on behind the scenes that probably made it uh, a spot, uh, a, a time in their life that they probably wouldn't uh, rather think of or remember. But it yielded such great results when you look at Sabotage as a whole and what they're able to do with their album. So let's, let's just jump right in. Let's listen to Hole in the Sky and kick off our dive into Sabotage. And... Now. I love this little opening... ...part. (laughs) They do it again. They do it again. (laughs) Pull out an amazing riff out of nowhere. I love that. This song doesn't go down in, like, their greatest of all time. But it's such a damn good song. Ozzy's voice is just phenomenal in this whole album. This whole period of time. And the song is short, too. It's only... Uh, it's like just a little over three minutes so short for a sabbath song but it's just one of those like it's short it's sweet it's just a quick punch and you get right into the album The is so incredible. This, the vocals for "Sabotage" are the best Ozzy's ever sounded on... At least in Sabbath and probably ever in his whole career. That's just my opinion, at least. And then Tony's just bringing it home with this phenomenal guitar. What a great opener for the album as well. for Oh, this upcoming part? I love Yeah! (laughs) And this whole like guitar solo part is awesome What a great song And this part is excellent too. Bring it back to their political roots. We're living on the prophets of crime. Fantastic song. I love it. it. It This is this is just... I love this song. It's such a great... First of all, Sabbath always has such great openers. Uh, I, I've said this many times. They have strong... Their their strongest parts of their albums are the the opening song, the middle song, and the closer. I mean, if you look at all their albums, like you have Black Sabbath, you have War Pigs, uh, you have Sweet Leaf, you have Wheels of Confusion, which is my all-time favorite Sabbath song, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and now Hole in the Sky. Um... And Hold in the Sky is unique for the album. This is something we're going to talk a lot about as we go through the album. Most of the songs that are not instrumentals for this album, uh, they all have this point where half of the song is one kind of song, one tone. And then it has a dramatic tonal shift halfway through the song-ish. Ha- uh, halfway-ish. And... Um, Hole in the Sky is the only one that really is consistent, like all the way through, and they don't let up. Like I kind of liken the song to like a, a Saint Vitus's dance, or a uh, or a Tomorrow's Dream, or you know one of those songs where, or even uh, National Acrobat, where it's kind of it, it plays around. It's a shorter song, plays around with only a couple of different riffs, um, but it's so effective because the I mean the whole riff and and just everything about the song is just fantastic it's like a and and the best part about it or one of the best parts I just love the opening where you kind of have the little the little banter almost here like, ah, one two three four boom you go right into it uh, it's such a such a great strong start to the album it's a real it's just a punch of adrenaline uh, it, it really just kind of gets you right into it. And I'd have to imagine if you're somebody who um, was listening to these albums in real time, you had the first five albums, and then they you had a full year without a Black South album, which had not happened uh, in the time that they were making music. And so one might have to wonder, uh, well, what what's going on? Is Black South when I get this record sabotage, and I have this <laughs> kind of strange looking album cover? Uh, is this gonna be? black sabbath is this you know have they lost their edge have they what's what's happening and then you start off with this song and within three seconds you know oh yeah this is black sabbath they are back and they they are putting out just as good music as they are putting out on volume four on paranoid on black sabbath on master of reality on sad bloody sabbath but it also has so much more of an edge to it um more of an edge than I mean, other than maybe "South Bloody Sabbath," the song that that album had, the previous album didn't necessarily have as much of like a like a striking, menacing edge that that this album has and this song in particular. It's just such a great starter song. It just kind of kicks you right off. You just go right in. It's short. It's sweet. It's like it's it's all meat, no fat. It's just a great song. It's three minutes. You just get right into it It is a great song uh, And even though it doesn't have Like the the switch up That Symptom of the Universe or Megalomania or Thrill of it all or The Rit has um, Even though it doesn't have that And it doesn't have all these other parts You know it doesn't have the six Seven different intricate uh, Elements that A bunch of other South songs have It only has like maybe two or three parts Of switches between They know how to construct it it works so well, it flows so well, it doesn't overstay its welcome, like maybe another song that we'll get to on uh, on Sabotage does, but it doesn't overstay its welcome, it's just right to the point, and it just delivers. I think Hold in the Sky, while not like a top 10 South song, maybe it's a top 15, I don't know, I've probably said that about uh, 20 different songs at this point, uh, maybe it's a top 15. It, it is just, It's it's just great. And it does bring in that political element. Uh, You know, you get so much of that political element with the album Paranoid. You get a little bit of it in Master of Reality. Volume 4 doesn't have it as much and Sad Bloody South doesn't either. Sad Bloody South more gets into like the introspective sort of existential themes as opposed to political themes. But then Hole in the Sky kind of brings it back to those political themes. Uh, And I always think whenever, they don't do it all the time but whenever they lean into those political elements i think it always works really well because they know how to do it they don't oversaturate it you know they don't oversaturate the the listener with these political themes they know how to sprinkle it in to be truly effective uh and communicate a really strong and effective point um so i I just think hold in the sky is such a great song you know uh it's a great song when you're driving you just want to you just like i i just i'm driving from here to the grocery store i just need like a little energy boost to kind of get me going on that drive i'm gonna put on hold in the sky uh, and then you get pulled over for speeding so, <laughs> not based on a true story. Uh so anyways, those are my thoughts on Hole in the Sky, the opener for Sabotage. I want to know from you guys, what do you think of Hole in the Sky? Do you agree with me and my thoughts on it? Do you have a differing point of view? Leave all of your thoughts in the comment section and also let me know what songs are you most looking forward to on Sabotage? For those of you who have been writing for for weeks now, for months actually, about uh, how you want to talk about Sabotage, what songs are you looking Forward to what are your favorite songs? I want to know all your thoughts. Leave them all in the comment section below. And I'm joined once again by Johnny Gifford. Johnny, thanks for being here. Always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Nathaniel. Always great to have you. Uh, and we are finally doing Sabotage, our by far most requested album to do here on the channel. Uh, we just did, I did Hole in the Sky, kicked off the album. What a great song, by the way. That's a that's a phenomenal song. Um, and now we are continuing on through with, and we're gonna roll in uh, two songs into one because I didn't think it was necessarily worth uh, doing a full standalone video for about forty seconds of an instrumental. So we have we're gonna be doing two today, two for the price of one. You've got uh, don't don't start too late. You got that song, uh, the slight instrumental, which leads us right into Symptom of the Universe. Uh, So, Johnny, before we get started with this, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on um, where we're standing right now. So, we've had the five albums that we've done so far. Uh, Sabbath, they put out five albums in three years. They took off their first full year since they started as a band in 1974. Now they're back in 1975. You're looking ahead at Sabotage. What are your thoughts as we go into this album?
1: Well, as the name suggests, for this album, they were felt like they were kind of sabotaged by um, you know studio execs, lawyers, people like that. So they're just kind of out here trying to rise above all of that and make a record that's still true to themselves and um, you know doing what they do. And I think that you know their execution for this album is still great. Um, some of the like strongest tracks, some of the most varied, most expansive like tracks, genre-wise, I guess, on this album at least from like the, the couple of songs that we're going to do together. Um, it really jumps all over the place, um, in different areas. Like you can hear different areas of like rock and metal, um, moving forward, like up until today that have entire genres, but black Sabbath can just dip into for like a song or even half a song. And it's still them, you know? So I think this is just once again, showing how, um, influential they are. Um, And how they can continue to just, like, pump out really good-sounding stuff and really, like, genre-bending and shaping-sounding stuff, even while being uh, under extreme pressure from, like, you know, lawsuits and legal stuff. That won't stop them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with everything you just said. I was sort of uh, talking about when in the Hole in the Sky video, I was sort of mentioning how I think a lot of the times when there's really sort of challenging circumstances and uh, hardships, it can... A lot of times it can yield the best results when it comes to art. Um, and I think that a lot of the personal struggles that they were going through behind the scenes in the making of this album, it kind of led to them uh, really fueling a lot. And you see that a lot with the writ, especially at the end of the album. They channeled a lot of their frustrations and their anger and, and everything that was going in into the music. And it created or it, it resulted in probably their heaviest, their darkest, their most like sinister album. Uh and I think it made for some really great music.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. You you spe- were specifically mentioning the writ there, right? Mm. Which is a song that Ozzy wrote, no?
0: Yeah. Uh one of the very few uh if only act- like songs that Ozzy sat down and wrote out himself. Uh yeah. and he details about how um uh, he just took Uh, all this frustration and disappointment and anger and sadness that he had in the whole process of everything that was going on behind the scenes and just, and when you look at the lyrics for the writ, not only is it incredibly well written, like nearly poetry, but it is long, like it's a long song. He wrote a lot. Um, He really just poured so much of himself and what he was feeling into that song. And I think it makes, for the longest time, The Writ was my favorite Sabbath song. Uh, it's not now. It's probably in the, it, it's in a, it's higher up on my list. Um, but The Writ is just phenomenal. Um, and, and one of their most unique and different sounding songs as well. Um, yeah, Ozzy, probably the only song that Ozzy, Ozzy actually sat down and wrote out himself.
1: Cool. Should we uh, get into the, the songs?
0: yeah let's do it let's get right into uh so we're gonna kick off with don't start too late and we're just gonna roll straight into uh symptom of the universe from there are you ready i'm ready all right so this is don't start too late followed by symptom of the universe and
1: now so we got another uh, fluff piece of the yeah. album yeah <laughs> This one's for you, Fluff.
0: <laughs> yeah, a nice little bit, although it, it also sort of sounds more along the lines of the rest of the Sabotage album, like it's not like a Laguna Sunrise or a like this nice, beautiful orchestral piece. It sort of has a little bit more of an edge to it while being an instrumental.
1: Yeah, I almost kind of get like Western cowboy vibes from this, hmm. from this song. And I like and how short it is. Yeah, definitely short and sweet. Yep. And throughout these three songs, we're going to be jumping all over the place. Like we kind of got a western cowboy feel to this acoustic little bit. And then it's going to jump right into this just sick riff that's yes. well, I'm ready. It's a it's about to jump in. Take and me this riff David honestly. Universe. This riff really gives me like, I don't know, like 80s glam rock vibes, like <laughs> but yeah. and that's not a genre I particularly like, but I love this. You know, there's like Black Sabbath can do anything. They and dabble in any kind of um, you know, that wasn't really a genre when they were making this but um, definitely influenced later music and I still love this you know, they just they just do it in a way that always makes me love it
0: yeah, absolutely, this is just talking about riffs uh, I, I feel like every song you go to you can say, this is the best Tony riff no, 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 this is the best Tony riff this is one of the best Tony riffs so, yeah. <laughs> it is just Phenomenal! Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like they I think this this got to be their heaviest riff that they have. Like I can't think of another one that's heavier than "Symptom of the Universe."
1: Uh, that's a bold claim to make. I think.
0: I I know, but like I can't think of like maybe Black Sabbath. I mean that one's heavy. Um, but like there's maybe Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, but th- this is just like as heavy as heavy can come. Like it's just it's mm-hmm. it's. It's gritty. It's gritty as about well.
1: During, like, those yas, those yas, how yes. <laughs> just really intense those drum fills uh, drum are during those yas.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The drumming is fantastic. Bill Warden's always on point. But also, Ozzy's vocals, like, he's just, yeah. he's screaming at this point, like, and, and, and this is what I love about Ozzy's voice, is that when he screams, like, I, I personally, I'm not a huge fan of, like, you know, like... Screamo screaming in in like metal music, like I don't know that doesn't. But like with him, when he's he's screaming, it's not like a gargly scream or anything. It's like a passionate, emotional scream, and like you hear the the emotion and the pain oh, yeah. in his voice. He really conveys so it's much not emotion for the sake of screaming. No, it's, you're yeah.
1: exactly right. And back to those drum fills during the Yaz, they're literally like four measures straight of drum fills. Like that's just, as someone who likes to drum, but definitely isn't as good as, uh, as Bill, that's just crazy to me. Like that he can just keep the tempo that consistent and it's still very rhythmic and very like, you can follow it. You don't lose time at all, but they're really like complex and interesting fills. And th- there's now, something about the s- oh go ahead I was going to ask you what is the symptom of the, universe? A, love that, symptom of the universe? a love that
0: a love that never dies symptom of the universe is a love that never dies th- that's something that's interesting about this song is uh, is the lyrics are really very fantastical uh, it's, it's sort of reminiscent of Supernaut uh, yeah. in, in what the lyrics are like uh, uh, which is interesting because i don't know like when you read it it's not there's sort of there's not too too much uh before you get to the, the, the change halfway through the song uh yeah, there isn't be with. yeah there isn't too much of a uh too much like real substance to the lyrics it's more just sort of like fantastical you
1: it's know, very poetic poetic yeah. love stuff I yeah
0: but then when it takes that turn and you get into this, the next part of the song, which I think is my favorite part of the song and maybe even just one of my favorite parts of all of Black Sabbath songs, um, one of the most beautiful things they've ever done, um, then you really get into the substance of the lyrics.
1: That's a good guitar solo right there. It's very distinct from mm. the rest of the riffs and solos that he has been doing, at least tonally, you can tell, like, oh, this isn't just Tony playing the riff. This is a solo. Yeah. And there's such a fine line between those two things with his playing. But you can just tell in the way that it's, like, really spaced out. And then... Oh, the this... way that this tone bends. Ooh.
0: It's so good. And and you feel, like, like, there are some songs wh- uh, in the in sabotage, where they have their changeup, where it comes out of nowhere, that you could feel the transition into this you part. You can,
1: yep. Oh. And this this part, despite like the the whole mood of it being so different, and you know, just the instrumentation being fairly different too. If you just like sing along the original riff in your head, it follows it. It's the same chords. It's the mm. same, not the same rhythm or notes, but you know, it's the same. It's the same tempo and it's the same uh, melody or sorry, harmony. Yeah. You can still sing that riff in your head hmm. and it makes sense and it fits. That's really cool. I didn't bum, know bum, that. Bum, 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 bum. Hmm. Same chords. Huh.
0: Cool. That's I did not know that. That that makes me love it even more. But yeah. oh, this is so beautiful. Like Ozzy's voice is just incredible. Incredible yeah, in this. He hits like his best notes in the song. And that's something they do. They do this a ton on this album, with almost every song, except for that's not an instrumental, aside from uh, Am I Going Insane and Hole in the Sky. They have all their songs, this, Megalomania, Thrill of It All, The Rit, will have these all of a sudden complete change-up halfway through the song and completely change. And once again, just
1: totally transcends genre. Like, they don't care. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And And I love the contrast of... The, the hard hitting heavy with this beautiful melodic acoustic guitar playing. And this is just, there's a reason why I picked this to be the outro of every song because I just love listening to it every time I edit these videos.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, is this the outro of uh, your channel? It <laughs> is. Your videos? The yeah.
0: intro nice. is Supernaut and the outro is Symptom of the Universe.
1: What a nice pairing. Yeah.
0: It's, uh I could just listen to this all day. It's so yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, and we're Symptom out. of the Universe is like a top. Yeah, we fade out. Symptom of the Universe is a top, top, top tier. Like definitely, at least for me, top five, if not top three, best Sabbath song ever made. I, I think it's just absolutely phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you there. I wonder where that stands in, like, their songs. Let's see. On Spotify, it's, like, I don't think it's even in the top ten on Spotify. Hmm. No, it isn't. What are their top songs on Spotify? I'm curious. The first three are all from Paranoid. It goes Paranoid, Iron Man, and War Pigs. Um, And the, the plays on those are astronomically higher than, like, say, Symptom of the Universe is, like, Thirteen million, and those ones are mm-hmm. in like paranoid's, like f- almost five hundred million, and the others are like one to two hundred million.
0: I'd say I'm probably about ten million of those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Symptom in the universe, and I think symptom. Like we've talked about on this channel before, you have like. I've said I'm, I'm not surprised that Paranoid Iron Man and War Pigs are their most popular ones on Spotify because I think those are the ones that even people who aren't big Sabbath fans will know those songs and will probably like them. Uh, Symptom of the Universe, I think, is in that layer of outside of for those who don't really know a ton about Sabbath, they may not know Symptom of the Universe, but a lot of the people who are in on Sabbath appreciate, love Symptom of the
1: Universe and think it's one of the best. Um, and yeah, as I've gotten to know them more, you know, you, you you have the surface level hits and then you have, like, the cult hits. Like, if you really know them, then you have your own hits. Yeah. You know, something like, um, I don't know, whatever is not in, like, their top ten. Let's see. like right, Sweet uh, Leaf would be one that's in there, I'd say. Yeah, and Symptom of the Universe for sure. Even super not.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think Supernod and Symptom of the Universe are a very good pairing for songs. They kind of have, have very similar uh, themes and similar uh, styles in their lyrics. They both sort of have just these hard hitting, piercing uh, main riffs. They also kind of have a similar kind of change up. But I think what, what stands out to me, what I love so much about Symptom of the Universe, if the song was just the first half of the, of the song, the heavy if it was just that and it kind of ended in the middle of the song it would have been a really good song i would have loved it and it would have been it would have been classic in its own right but what makes this a legendary song is the change up is the acoustic the complete contrast of tones and styles and the emotional vocal performance from Ozzy in the second half where he's hitting notes um that he he has not hit in his career thus far and I don't think really hits ever again. He really I think I, I've said this before, I think Ozzy's vocals get better and better and better with each album and then it kind of peaks at sabotage. Uh and then it kind of dips down when you get into Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die. He's still good in those, but he doesn't have the same dynamic range that he has in, say, Sabotage in Technical Ecstasy or Never Say Die. And he doesn't really kind of come back into that until he gets into his solo career. But uh, Sabotage, I think, is the best Aussie's ever been vocally. Um, and you really hear it in Symptom of the Universe. You hear it in a lot of other songs, too. But when you get to Symptom of the Universe and you hear those notes that he hits i it's it's just it's beautiful
1: yeah certainly the most dynamic i've heard him thus far in um you know going in order on the in the black sabbath albums yeah i respect the hell out of it yeah
0: absolutely um yeah this is just this and i i think this just encapsulates this one song encapsulates so much of what the album sabotage is and, and what we love so much about it. We love how heavy it is. How gritty it is. We love uh, how it changes things up. How it constantly reinvents itself. We love um, Ozzy's vocal range. We love Tony's uh, great riffs. We love Bill's drumming. We love Geezer's bass. We love the lyrics. We love everything that we love about Sabotage. Is really all within this nice neat little package in this one song. Uh, And so I think it's a shining example for uh, the album. I do have to say, I think, Symptom of the Universe, I think, is my favorite song on this album. Uh, But there are a a couple of close seconds. Uh, As we get through the album, we'll kind of talk more about, because there are some phenomenal songs on this album, but I do think uh, Symptom of the Universe takes it for me as my favorite of this album.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I can usually pick a standout favorite for most of their albums, but this one's really tough. Symptom of the Universe of course is up there, but I honestly mm-hmm. wouldn't even know where to start just based on how different all these tracks are too.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And and I for it's always surprised me that so many people said uh, Sabotage was their favorite album because I feel like the the best songs on Sabotage nobody really talks about. I absolutely, I think, by far the most under talked about, under appreciated song Sabbath has ever done is "Thrill of It All," and I hear not even in Sabbath circles do I hear people talk about "Thrill of It All," um, and nobody talks about the "Rit." Uh, more people talk about "Megalomania" than those two songs, but not many people talk about "Megalomania." You know, there there's a lot of songs on here for it to be so many people's favorite album not too many people uh, really talk about the, the best songs on this album, which I think is kind
1: of interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. This is this is probably their most underrated album, I yeah. would
0: say. Um,
1: so, which is why I think uh, so many people
0: who know Sabbath, who are in the know on Sabbath, will say that this is their favorite because it's one that flies so much under the radar. Um. But yeah, I think, and, and kind of bringing it back to uh, Don't Start Too Late, Uh, it's a nice little uh, prelude to Symptom of the Universe. You get a nice little kind of, and almost kind of uh, foreshadows the more acoustic part that you get in the second half of Symptom of the Universe. Because you kind of have, you have a little bit of an acoustic part leading into it, but it's not quite the same tone as the latter half of Symptom of the Universe. It's a little bit more in tone with the sound of the first half of Symptom of the Universe. So you get this nice little, uh, you know, guitar strumming bit then you go right into the heaviness, of symptom of the universe. Uh, and then you get the switch up halfway through. And then you close out with this beautiful acoustic piece that fades out. It's really just, as a whole package, just excellent.
1: Yeah, I would... Totally agree. I don't think I have anything more to add on that. I think we've summed it up pretty well.
0: Yeah, I think that's 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 everything I've got to say about Symptom of the Universe and Don't Start mm-hmm. Too Late. The question is, guys, I want to know from all of you, what are your thoughts? First, what are your thoughts on the instrumental Don't Start Too Late? But then what are your thoughts on Symptom of the Universe? Do you agree with everything that we're saying? Maybe you have a differing opinion. Maybe the song doesn't do it for you nearly as much as it works for uh, the rest of us. I want to know, what are all of your thoughts? Leave them all in the comment section below. Joined once again by Johnny Gifford. Johnny, thank you for being here. Nathaniel, thank you for having me. You know, it is the deepest and most humbling uh, honor and privilege to have you on this channel with
1: me. Well, the same could be said about being a guest on the most prestigious of channels observing the Sabbath, where we get to observe the Sabbath.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we get to observe the Sabbath uh, for small periods of time with many months spread out in between, uh, which is exactly how I like to observe the Sabbath. But anyways, uh, we are continuing on through Sabotage. We've done Hole in the Sky. We did Don't Start Too Late. We did Symptom of the Universe. And now we are doing Megalomania. Uh, and this is, we're just both looking at... a. Uh, the time this song is nine minutes and 42 seconds which um maybe uh if you're wanting to count on uh, the album black sabbath if you're wanting to do like uh, a bit of finger slash sleeping village slash warning all is one song as opposed to breaking it up um putting that aside uh since those could very easily be broken up or nib and uh, behind the wall sleep megalomania has to be the longest single song Uh, that Black Sabbath has um, at 9 minutes and 42 seconds Uh, but that just makes for uh, all the better Uh, I will take uh, my Sabbath as long as Sabbath wants to give me it so uh, and it'll be interesting to see uh, do we feel like it's overstaying its course as we listen to this song or does it feel like no this is the perfect amount of time for this song to go on for so uh, let's just jump right in do you want to just jump right in and listen to Megalomania?
1: Yeah, we shouldn't waste any time with a behemoth of a song like this.
0: Absolutely. Let's just dive
1: right in. This is Megalomania. And now. I love the way that this song feels like, like the ending, the fading out of Symptom of the Universe feels like it just goes right into this like flawlessly. Mm. There's a little bit of acoustic guitar. You know, it's a little bit, it's a little yeah. bit laid back, a little bit stripped back. It feels like the two go into each other very well. And then there's, yeah, there's like the, that delay there too, which is cool in the vocals.
0: Absolutely, this definitely does have the cohesiveness of, uh, of like, what a great A side to a record, by the way. Hole in the sky, and then Symphony of the Universe, and then this, like, it all flows super well.
1: And I it, love oh, go if you hear the the vocals. There's like some reverse reverb. Mm. It just it just makes it makes him sound like some sort of ghostly figure.
0: And yeah, then it, it works perfectly. Last song, I
1: love this whole thing. It time. does. Last song was like dipping into glam rock, right? This song dipping into doom metal. And like obviously mm-hmm. neither of those genres really exist yet, but they will. And those are all of those artists love Black Sabbath, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I, I know a lot of people attribute the original song Black Sabbath to being the first doom metal song ever created. Um, and then Megalomania kind of dips into it here. I, I love this whole sound though. Like, you have so many different layers to this right now. Um, it's just very. It, it, and it doesn't feel overly produced. Uh, it, it just works for the vibe of the song.
1: Yeah, I feel like they, they stay with their, like. Their live sound. In a song like this and the last song, you can really hear, like, their cohesiveness of being able to play together, play live. Um. And you hear that in this song, but then you also have like like the way he says "obsessed" a bunch of times. Hmm. That's all done in you know production. That's a production element. That's not a live element. And so it's, it's just such a nice balance. Once again, I, mean, I know I've said this before, but it's such a beautiful balance between like a cohesive live sound mixed with these like cool production elements. Like there's that reverse reverb on his vocals again. And that's something yeah. you can do live with like pedals or you know board effects or whatnot but it's just like those little embellishments that make it just that much better. Cool.
0: Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree with everything you are just saying. And I think this is also, this is something you can, like it's not outside of the realm of possibility of doing it live. It won't sound exactly the same way, but you can do this live. And I think that's what ultimately kind of makes it work is that it doesn't feel like it's it's outside that realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. And, we and it
1: just. Oh no! You go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Well, I, I was just gonna say, like, like I, I just love the sound of this. Like, it just feels like there's so many different sounds sort of colliding and kind of morphing into each other. hmm Um, and it just sort of it feels like it's kind of ramping up and
1: building and building and building to what we're gonna ultimately get in this upcoming part of the song. And th- that colliding and ramping up the colliding of many different elements kind of follows along with the lyrics too. just based on this like megalomaniac person mm. who's kind of like a split personality it's like you know every yeah. aspect of them is coming together and then, and then you got the cowbell the cowbell is so funny but it still works yeah you know? <laughs> it, it's yeah. Just, <laughs> it's well, just yeah
0: it, it it is well I mean it also kind of makes me think of like when you have the um the uh the uh the oh i'm forgetting the name the, the the shaker thing in uh nib what's it called um Trim like a maraca i don't remember exactly uh, was it like a maraca uh, or a tambourine uh, whatever or I don't know. tambourine that's what it was i knew it started tambourine. with a t but you got the tambourine in uh in nib and then you have they they kind of bring in these instruments sometimes to kind of spruce things up and uh, i i like the
1: cowbell there all right, now these vocals here. Who's doing the backup vocals? Do you know? Is it just like gang vocals? Is it all of them? I, I don't. I'd imagine it's Ozzy,
0: and they just double track him. Uh, I don't know for sure.
1: It sounds like I, a totally different voice, but I know he has very um, large vocal range, regardless.
0: Well, I know that once we get into the writ, you have that whole part in the opening where you have all the different laughing voices and like the augmented voices. Mm-hmm. So I, I think. My guess is, and I could be wrong, but my guess is just they they augmented Ozzy's voice and he kind of did that sort of lower pitch.
1: That's a good but, point. Um, it does sound like it could be pitched down just based on like the the like kind of uncanniness of the quality of the voice. Yeah. I also want to point out that sting me at the end of the chorus. I just think mm. of uh, like like um, what do they say during one of those? It's like smoking or something. No, that's uh that's something different. But um. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, that I think in uh, killing
0: yourself to live, yeah. they go smoke it. Get yeah, in high.
1: yeah, it reminds yeah, me yeah. of that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I like they have these nice little buttons for uh, all these parts, mm-hmm. uh, and then they have, I think they have, like suck me, which for a long time I thought they were saying fuck me, um, but no, <laughs> they say suck me. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, close think
1: they,
0: I think they were they were saying it in a way to try to make it sound like that without actually saying it, so that you know they wouldn't get in trouble I see but but I I love this guitar solo is just
1: like phenomenal uh, Like the tone of it it's like so multi-layered and like some of the layers are you know just clean distortion some of them are just like really heavily like flanged or phasered or something to just like give it that warbly modulating sound and they just like Mm. stack on top of each other so well
0: yeah absolutely It's, it's such a well constructed song and for it being as long as it is I don't feel like it's it's like run its course it it keeps finding new ways to be while doing the classic thing that south does of kind of jumping around to different parts um it it does that while also still feeling fresh and unique and keep consistently doing uh new things there we go um (laughs) there it
1: is
0: (laughs) but but also just this whole part this whole riff is awesome just this this bit uh, it kind of feels a little bit in line with Symptom of the Universe, and
1: tonally. And I heard during that little guitar break, there was a little bit of that like flanged guitar layer hidden in the in the background, which I've never noticed until now. Hmm. Just little little embellishments like that. Just it's just so much attention to detail in these songs. Yeah. And the lyrics
0: are kind of going back into the to the fantasy elements a little bit too. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. And Ozzy's voice is great here as well. It, it's different, like it, it, it's different from what he did on "Symptom of the Universe," but but it fits. He kind of he, he's not going so much for like the emotion of it or the like you know that he is for the second half of "Symptom," but uh, he he's going he's kind of upping the pitch a little bit in his voice, and it kind of works for for this type of song.
1: Yeah, especially just based on like the more anger he's feeling in the chorus, based on you know the previous verse. And then the cowbell just is very much just counting into this like outro. It's
0: yeah. like, all right, everyone Which, ready? And this, yeah. <laughs> and this whole ladder part, this whole closing part, this last, we're at almost two full minutes of this whole part is just great because it's just building and building and building and building. It's it's
1: phenomenal. I love like the heavy tones that can just kind of sustain in the background with like just the. The rock and riff on top of it, great guitar mm. layering as always.
0: Yeah, oh, this whole—I love this. This might be and my favorite. The str- part of the I forgot song. about the strings
1: it's the too. Mm. Yeah, it's a really nice, like, kind of arc throughout this entire outro.
0: I would love to have seen them play this live. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is a the song they would do live necessarily, but this whole, this would have been phenomenal to see them do it live
1: and despite like the first I don't even know third of the song being very doomy the rest of the song does not feel like that at all it's like it's just mm-hmm. they're totally different songs yeah but still I, thorough, I still think it's kinda incredibly, incredibly good as well uh, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and this feels epic like it, it it feels almost like orchestral in a way but it's not
1: Yeah, yeah, based on the different parts, the way that they're moving and, like, harmonizing with each other in different ways. Sometimes they cross paths, sometimes, you know, and then they they diverge. That's Mm -hmm. a very, like, symphonic way of writing uh, harmonies, I think. That's, like, what classical music is. Yeah.
0: So I I absolutely love the whole build-up. You're building, you're building, building, and then it kind of hits that peak, and then it kind of comes down. They could yeah, have very there's, easily there's, faded there. out, but I kind of like the sort of the ringing as it goes out. I do too. There's a
1: couple more cowbells at the end there too.
0: Yeah. What? Yeah, Megalomania. Great, great song. Not yeah. quite "Symptom of the Universe" quality, <laughs> uh, in my opinion, at least. But uh, Megalomania, I think, is fantastic. It, 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 it's very emblematic of what we were talking about with "Symptom." Uh, that we are alluding to for the rest of the album, of having these stark changes, tonal changes, like right abruptly in the middle of the album, or in the middle of the song, rather. Uh, and, and I think it's a, that's sort of a motif they kind of have throughout their whole album, and I just think it works so well. Um, they, they Every time that they do it, they manage to make it work so well. Uh, and then all the different elements that they're bringing to the song, bringing in the cowbell, bringing in the sort of pitched down Aussie backtrack, if it is in fact Aussie, uh, bringing in all these different layers and, and, and all these different things that they're, they're doing to kind of make all these different parts of this song sound unique and kind of give it sort of like a, like a ghost, ghostly vibe to it, uh, if you will, uh, it really all comes together and works so well. And it's not overproduced. It doesn't feel like they're really like, we have this whole big uh, switchboard of everything that we could possibly do in the studio. Let's just start playing around with knobs and seeing what we can do, you know. It, 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 it all feels rooted in uh, trying to create a distinct sound for the song. And not just a sound, but a feeling and a tone uh, and every decision that they make to kind of go beyond just what they're able to kind of do themselves is all rooted in that sort of desire to m- make it have that uh, that feel to it, that tone. Uh, and I think that's where they ultimately succeed and where maybe other artists kind of fail when they're just like, oh, well, we can do this, so let's do that, when you don't necessarily need to do it. It's, they really all they root it in how can we deliver on the best tone and sound and feel for the song.
1: Yeah. And and every, every one of those little parts kind of has, it feels like it it has a purpose to why there's Mm. like some sort of effect there. Like for this song, for example, the way that, you know, that reverse reverb is coming in the way that it's layered. It feels like, you know, Ozzy's playing a character, not only one character, but like, a few different characters that are also kind of the same person, you know, different perspectives. Um, yeah. It just, it just all really feels like, like all of those layers and all those little effects actually mean something to the way that he's singing. Sorry about the car that just passed by. I hope you could, hope you heard that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um,
0: yeah. And I, and I think it also kind of foreshadows a little bit the, am I going insane? part where you have that song and then you kinda go into the laughing, which leads you right into the writ. So that they kinda which I'm not I didn't really think about this until we started really diving into this album, how they kinda have little parts of the album earlier on that foreshadow latter parts of the album. And really I think I think looking at this, this has to be probably one of their most consistently produced albums uh because like black sabbath the album feels consistent because it was their live set and so it has that sort of that fall through all the way through the album uh same can be said for paranoid but looking at how uh sabotage is constructed it's constructed so well and it flows so well and you have all these different elements that are being set up and paid off and and it really feels like like a very cohesive uh piece as a as a whole as a one
1: yeah i I totally agree and what better way to end the a side with with that like behemoth too it's just such such a cohesive a side to that album
0: absolutely now, I know a lot of people out there, I, I have read a lot of criticism that there are people who adore the A side of, of Sabotage and then aren't big fans of the B side. And I do, we as we get into the latter half of Sabotage, I do have some criticisms of, the, of certain parts of the B side of Sabotage, which I'll go more in depth on as we get to them. Uh, but I think the A side is phenomenal uh sabotage as a whole i think is a great album uh and i think megalomania is a really really good song not enough people talk about uh so anyways those are all my thoughts johnny did you have anything else you wanted to add about megalomania no i I think i think i've just about covered
1: all of all of what i had to say
0: wonderful well anyways that concludes all of our thoughts on megalomania i want to know from you guys what are your thoughts on the song do you agree with a lot of what we're saying do you have differing points of view uh and what are some songs that you're still looking forward to as we enter into the b-side of sabotage leave all of your thoughts in the comment section below We've already covered Hole in the Sky, Don't Start, Too Late, Symptom of the Universe, and Megalomania, and we are continuing on through with the thrill of it all. And this is, I've mentioned it before, but this is one of my absolute favorite Sabbath songs, uh, and I think it is the most underappreciated, under-talked about uh, Sabbath song that there is, at least when we're looking at the original eight studio albums. Uh, you re- Like, even in Sabbath circles, I find, you don't really have people talking about the songs. Like, I think there's multiple layers. You have the, uh, the songs that most people who are like, oh yeah, I know Iron Man, I know War Pigs, I know Paranoid. There are the songs that they don't know, but like, the more hardcore Sabbath people the songs that they know but then you have the next layer of songs that the more hardcore sabbath people they don't even talk about. And it's not that they don't know it or anything like that or that there's any sort of level of fandom of you're not a true fan if you don't like this or that. But it's more there are certain songs that just nobody talks about and the thrill of it all is one of those songs that not many people talk about and I don't get it. I just don't get it because the thrill of it all is phenomenal and it's a top five sad song for me absolute top five i love this song but uh we're just gonna dive right into it and you guys know the drill um we're gonna listen to the song this isn't a typical reaction video where uh, i'm listening to this for the first time i know all these songs i've listened to them countless times so i'm gonna be giving you my thoughts and my opinions in real time as we listen to the song together and kind of break it down so Without any further ado, let's dive right in. This is the thrill of it all. And now. Just great opening. (sighs) Nothing like uh, just an awesome bit of uh, Sabbath instrumental to start your song, to start your day with. And there's so many great little riffs throughout this whole song. It's it's just packed. I love this whole beginning part because it completely changes up within the next, like, minute. But you get this nice little bit, and especially if you're looking at it in terms of the album. You know, you've just come off the A side with the end of Megalomania, so you get this nice little, little prologue bit kind of bringing you right back into the album after you flip over the record. I love this bit. (laughs) Yeah! How badass is this? Ozzy's voice is awesome on this song. Oh, look at that range. Or listen, rather. It's just like a, like a gritty, gnarly rift right here. And Ozzy's voice is just, he's hitting those high points. not quite as high of points as uh, Symptom of the Universe, but man, he hits those notes. Freedom! Man, he hits him. And the drumming is great in this. Like, let's not overlook the drumming. Bill Ward, like, knocks that out of the park with this song. Doo-doo-doo. And then it kind of goes up a little bit what I love about the song is how many points it changes so you have that whole beginning part which is just almost like a guitar solo but they're kicking off with it and then you have to like that whole part and then you have this little bit as it then transitions to the next half of the song which is I think my favorite part of the song this whole part because it just it's like Pew! takes off and is a completely different song a little more upbeat And Ozzy's whole part here, I just love. Love it, love it. This whole part, see, all right. So I've talked about how there's so many songs on this album are just completely halfway through switch up and it's a different song this is one of the key ones too you had it with symptom of the universe you had it with megalomania you have it again here with thrill of it all and you really kind of have three parts but the most drastic part is that halfway through where it just goes up and now it's this part it's such a good song Tony has his little mini-solos. I really find it funny that he has, essentially, his solo is the beginning of the song. That's something they really get to do, like, especially with this album, is really just break down formulas and rearrange things and do things in a completely different way. Go against convention. and i love I, d- I also love the the difference in the t- in in the tone from these two halves you have the like the grittier it's it's a little it's a little bit dark <laughs> and then you kind of have this you know it's a lot more you kind of have the contrast a similar not as stark of a contrast a symptom in the universe but along those same lines where the first half a symptom is a lot deeper and darker and heavier and then you kind of get a much more lighter second half and they have a very similar in the same way that they're breaking up formula and breaking up convention they're kind of having a similar formula for a lot of these songs for sabotage and I think it's making for some great songs a nice little fade out here the most under-appreciated, under-talked-about, under-discussed Sabbath song that there is. In my personal opinion, thrill of it all. I almost call it thrill of the universe. <laughs> thrill of it all. Love it. I just, I think it's phenomenal. I think it's such a great song. Um, now, the story behind this song, which is really interesting, is that I guess, from to the best of my understanding, and if there's any details here that are wrong, please correct me in the comment section. My understanding is that they recorded this song in the studio. And when they when when they went to go listen to it, play it back, it was just static. Something must have happened in the recording process where it didn't record them, record them playing the song. So they had to go in and play again, and I believe they did in like 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 one take or you know like they just bare minimum recorded the song boom that's it and they've never played it on stage because they were all just so frustrated by the process of that they had to do it again like they put like can you imagine sabbath is like all right we're gonna sit down we're gonna record thrill of it all they put their all no pun intended they put their all into the song they give it everything they've got and then to find out that nothing it didn't record It has happened a couple of times, not necessarily with Observing the Sabbath, where I've gone to record something, and I'm like, yeah, this is great. What a great episode of this podcast I'm doing. This is phenomenal. This is great. Oh, it wasn't recording. Well, and I got to say, for them to be like, well, just boot and rally, and we're going to just do it again. Because I would not record another episode of, of a podcast if it wasn't recording. Because I just gave it everything I had. All the opinions I had. Everything I was thinking I put out there. And I can't recreate that without feeling phony. But, you know, I guess with music, the whole point of music is to recreate it every single day. <laughs> every single night when you perform it. So I guess there's a little element of that in it. But t- t- to props to them that they went right back in there and they just banged it out recorded it again, uh, and then they were just so frustrated by the process of having to do it again that they never wanted to deal with the song again, and so they never played it live. Um, but, I mean, I, I can only imagine what the first take of the song sounded like because the one that they ended up going with, Ozzy's voice is just some of the best. Not quite as good as he is at the high points of Symptom of the Universe. Like, I think that is, if you at to pinpoint... The best that Ozzy's voice has ever sounded. I think "Symptom of the Universe" is it. Uh, but on this album, I mean, a close second is "Thrill of It All." Like some of the notes that he hits in the song are just phenomenal in his tone. The way he he kind of fills in the beginning part when it's the because you're not having like a ton of instrumentals. He's kind of taking the forefront. And then when you get to the second half of the song, when the instrumental part of the song is kind of coming back in, it's a little bit louder. He's kind of blending in more to the background. So you really see in this song how versatile his voice is and not just his range, but how he uses his voice and his tone and his cadence to really um to balance the song and to kind of fit into where the song needs him to be. Sometimes he's the forefront, sometimes he's more in the back, whatever the song requires him to do. Tony, of course, excellent here. I mean he pulls out a bunch of great riffs. I love the whole beginning part. Um, he, he just kind of goes nuts with the guitar a little bit. And like I was saying during the song, a great little intro to the B side of the record. You have almost like a nice little interlude, um, of like an instrumental before you get into the next song. Uh, and I love the two starkly different riffs you have going on the, like that whole part is awesome. And then you get into the, it goes off and it's, uh, you have a little bit of keyboard there, which is great. You know, it, it just, it fits really well. Uh, Geezer, of course, is always going great, and it's—I don't talk enough about Geezer in these videos, and I think the biggest reason why that is is that uh, while I'm kind of discussing the song, I only have the one earbud in, and it's a little bit hard to hear the bass distinctly, uh, unless if it's something like Hand of Doom or NIB, uh, where it's the forefront. It's a little bit hard to distinctly hear the bass. Uh, with only one earbud in because you really you either with loud speakers or you got the two headphones on that's when you can really hear how it's mixed uh, and you can hear the bass a little bit more distinctly so I don't always actively hear the bass but it's one of those things where if I listen to Sabbath like on speakers there's so many times where I listen to Sabbath and then I just hear the bass and I just hear geezer going for it and I'm like wow, I just, I do not give Geezer enough credit, because I don't, it doesn't actively jump to my mind, but then I'll listen to something like Sweet Leaf, and you just hear the bass, like, thumping and pounding, you're like, wow, he's adding so much to the song right now, or, uh, Fairies Wear Boots is another one I'll listen to, i am like, wow, Geezer's really going for it, uh, and so I feel bad, because with these videos, I don't necessarily hear the bass, and so I don't comment on it enough, but then, Later, I'm listening to the song, I'm like, wow, he's really going for it. So, Geezer, of course, always deserves a shout-out. And the lyrics, of course, come from Geezer. And what great lyrics, you know, fitting in with the tone of this whole album of, like, a little bit more poetic. Kind of similar to S- Sad Bloody Sabbath as well. A little bit more poetic, a little bit more drawn out. Um, but he delivers some great lyrics in this, uh, in this song as well. And Bill Ward of course, has some great drum fills, uh, especially when you get the, he just kind of comes in, you get a little bit of like a Black Sabbath feel, the song Black Sabbath, a little bit of a Black Sabbath feel with uh, some of the, the fills that he has, uh, and of course, then when it goes into like the more high-key part of the song, he's right along with them. so overall, I think this is a great song, um, I think it's got great, riffs. I think it's got great vocals, great lyrics, great everything across the board. And it just surprises me that not enough people talk about this song. Even within Sabbath circles, people do not talk about Thrill of It All. And I think it's a top five song for me. Uh, It's just phenomenal. And, you know, sometimes I'm driving and I'm like, ooh, you know, I need the nice little like adrenaline boost. I'm going to put on Thrill of It All. And next thing I know, I'm getting pulled over for speeding. (laughs) Maybe I've made that joke before. Anyways, um, so those are my thoughts on throw of It All. I think it's phenomenal. I want to know from you guys, what do you think about Thrill of It All? Do you agree with me and everything I'm saying? Do you agree that it's a vastly underappreciated South song? Or do you disagree? Do you think, you know what? No, it's just kind of one of those songs that's just an extra track on one of the albums that you don't necessarily think about. Like, maybe like a Cornucopia or a Tomorrow's Dream where or an After Forever where it's a really good song But it never stands out as one of the best of the album. It's just kind of like a like an additional song to help take you through one part of the album to another, which is a very valid point uh, and does not take away from how great songs like Cornucopia, Tomorrow's Dream, or After Forever are. Uh, I want to know all of your thoughts. Leave them all in the comments section below. We have already discussed Hole in the Sky don't start too late symptom of the universe megalomania and the thrill of it all and we are now continuing with the instrumental Superzar. um and i do have some thoughts on the song or else i wouldn't have made a video um but i, I i'll kind of save them for when we dive in so let, let, let's just get right into it let's just listen to super Czar. and now The vocalization on this track is really interesting because it's it almost kind of brings you back a little bit to Spiral Architect, but in a much more grander scale. Like they've never really had like like a, like a full chorus the same way that they have it here, but it's used a really interesting effect. Let's reason, some more of those chimes or something. So, my thought on this song is this. I like it. I think it's too long though. Especially for the fact that it's, it's just the same kind of, they just repeat the same two parts. It's this part and then you get into the the next part and it just repeats that. It doesn't change at all. And for the fact, for it being only this part, um, for it only really being two parts, It just kind of repeats itself over and over and over again. And I think it would have been more effective had it been shorter. Like, I think the song's like four minutes. Had it been like two minutes, I think it could have been a little bit more effective. Um, So, the the album kind of starts to slow down for me at this point. Despite Sabotage being like a top three South uh, South album for me. The album starts to slow down its its fantastic pace here. But then when you go back and you watch, like, the, some of their live performances, especially from 1978, their Never Say Die tour, this is sort of their opening track is like the set pieces are coming down and everyone's kind of coming out and you have this as the opening track. And I think in that sense, this whole instrumental is phenomenal, and it works so well. I can totally see this being a great thing to play during the live show to kind of introduce everyone, get everything pumped up before you get into the set, but as a track on the album, it doesn't work as well for me, and I think it just comes down to the fact that it's too long. I think Superzar if if you just cut it in half, it, it would just... it would be... Which it would pack more of a punch because it's a little. By now, it, the song has like over a minute left, and I'm a little bit tired of it already. And because it's just the same thing over and over and over again. And you know, the, Tony's guitar is great through this, and I like the effect of like the the chorus or the the vocals kind of pumping it up. Uh, I think it's cool. I think it's nice, but it's just it kind of it just goes on a little bit too long. In my head, I'm like, alright, let's get to the next song. Um, So, yeah, it's it's one of those, like, had this not been on the album, I wouldn't have lost any sleep. Uh, I think it just would have worked a little bit better if it was just a little shorter. I think there's also an argument to be made that maybe had you just kept this at, like, a minute... It could have been a really cool uh, introduction for Am I Going Insane. Uh, In a way, it is. Like, in a way, because Am I Going Insane radio just goes right... It goes from this right into that song. Um, But, you know, maybe in, like, an embryo sort of sense, had it been the opening for that song, like, it just went right into it and it was just a minute, maybe that would, would have worked a little bit better. Uh, now, I'm not going to knock anyone who thinks Superzar is awesome, because, you know, it has great guitars, of course, you know, Tony's never going to sleep on having a great guitar riff in anything, you know, even on the days where he just got out of bed and was like, Ugh, I'm a little bit tired, I'm pretty hungover from the day before. I'm not really feeling it. Oh, I got to play guitar today. Okay. And he plays better than 99.9% of the guitarists who have ever lived, will ever live. Even on his worst day, he's playing better than 99.9% of all guitarists who have ever existed in the history of existence. Uh, That's just Tony Iommi. But so even in this song where it's a little bit, "Ah, okay, Uh, even in this song, the guitars are awesome and the full orchestra chorus of the vocals go oh, oh you know that whole part it's cool but i don't know it just kind of it runs its course for me after about a minute i'm like okay Once the next song oh there's another three minutes oh okay it, it just had it had they cut this down to like minute minute and a half maybe two minutes i think it would just would have punch uh, had more punch to it it would have been a great little transition from from one song to the next and you just get right into it but it just kind of goes on it felt like you know what it feels like it feels like they were just trying to fill space on the album and they're like well let's just come up with this and here you go and that's what kind that's what it feels like it feels like they're just trying to take up space fill minutes um on the album and you don't want to have... I mean, there are songs that are going to do that by nature. That's what Paranoid was. Paranoid was they needed to fill a couple of minutes on the album, and they just bang that out in 20 minutes, and it becomes one of the most iconic songs of all time. So it's not that filling space on an album is a bad thing. It can lead to Paranoid, the song that define for most people defines what Black Sabbath is. Um, but in this case, it feels like they were trying to fill space. And that's what you don't want to have happen. So I'm not saying this is terrible by any stretch of the imagination. You know, even when I was talking about some of the, the lower songs on the totem pole for, for South Bloody Sabbath, like Who Are You and Spiral Architect, uh, you know, I went out of my way to say, I don't hate these songs. I don't think they're bad songs. They just don't quite do it for me the same way that South Bloody Sabbath or Killing Yourself to Live does. And so in the same vein, Superzar isn't horrible. You know, I, I'm not listening to it wanting to gouge out my ears or whatever, but, uh, you know, they, it just doesn't do it for me the same way that listening to Hold in the Sky or Symptom of the Universe or Thrill of It All or Megalomania does. And then, you know, to compare it to the other instrumental on this track, you know, Don't Start Too Late is like 40 seconds. Uh, had Don't Start Too Late been four minutes, I think we would have all been looking at our watches like, okay, when's the next song coming on? Uh, so, so that's kind of where it stands for me. It felt like it was trying to fill a little bit of space. Um, and, you know, I, I think for the practical use of it being in their live show, I think it works incredibly well, especially when you watch that video from 19, I think it was 78, must have been 78, because they're doing Never Say Die, of their Never Say Die tour, and you have the set pieces coming down, and you're introducing the band members, uh, and they're playing Superzar. I think it works incredibly well it just kind of loses steam for the pace of the album uh having it be as long as it is placed where it is on the album so those are my thoughts on superzar I want to know from you guys what do you think do you agree with me and my thoughts on this on the instrumental do you completely disagree and you think no super Czar is awesome it's got killer guitar the the use of the chorus and and the the vocalization on the track is really cool and it's a nice little pump up bit to get you into the right uh, rest of the album i want to know from you guys what you think leave all of your thoughts in the comment section below we've already done hole in the sky don't start too late symptom of the universe megalomania the thrill of it all and super and now we are doing am i going insane radio um so i i have some similar thoughts to this song that i do super uh but i'm gonna save my thoughts until we get into the song so how about we just dive right in shall we let's just listen to am i going insane and now So, similar to what I said with Super Zara. I like it. It's fine. It's not one I actively seek out. But it's just kind of repetitive. The tone is interesting. Because it's by far the most sort of upbeat tone of the whole album. I mean, maybe the second half of throw of it all kind of comes close but it's like comparing this to like the dark depths of symptom of the universe it's very different it's very kind of poppy in a way like it has sort of like a pop feel like it, it it's sort of you know a lot of the songs on this uh album very much go against convention and very much go against you know like symptom of the universe is very unconventional <laughs> you know but this one feels a little bit more like like it, it, it was made to be played on the radio and i know that's not what the radio in the song in the song title stand for although when i look at um spotify it doesn't have radio in the title anymore it used i know it used to so i'm not sure what's up with that but I guess sort of the more upbeat nature of the tone of the song, interestingly contrasts what the actual song is talking about. This is another song similar to Superzard, I think it, it it's a little too repetitive, especially since it's just saying, am I going insane, 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 am I going insane? Am I going insane? which I... I get it. The point of repeating it is, am I going insane? The point of the song is to make you feel like you're going insane. I get it. It's just... It just goes on a little too long. And I'm sitting there like, okay. I want to get to the next part. And I feel like, as great as the instrumentation is in the song, like, I think the standout of the song is the drums. The drumming. The like the, the drumming is fantastic in the song. I think that's by far the best best element of the song but the instrumentation aside from maybe the drumming it's just there's no real standout like there's no like this is probably the closest this part is probably the closest thing to a standout part of the the song but you don't have like a great solo or really memorable riff or, you know, anything like that that kind of defines the song. What it defines the song is just the chorus of Ozzy singing over and over and over again. Of course, once you get into the ending. The repetitive nature of the song works for what the song is trying to be, I just think I could have done without it. That's essentially what I'm coming down on. Or a much shorter version. Had Super Czar and Am I Going Insane together been like a four-minute song themselves as opposed to each being four minutes, maybe it would have flowed a lot better. But I do love my favorite part of this whole song. Is this. And my favorite part is the fact that. that how seamlessly that flows right into the writ. And the writ is a phenomenal song. But we'll talk about that next time. Um, so yeah. I mean I think the best part is the, 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 the laughing at the very end. Um. Which goes right into the writ um, I think that transition <laughs> is worth it in of itself to have the song. But so th- I don't know. I feel like if this song was not on the record, I would not have missed it. I don't hate it, but I mean, I just kind of listen like, eh. okay. I and I, I personally, I like Superzar a little bit more than I like this song. And I don't know, it's just, like I said, it's just repetitive, it's just kind of, there's no real memorable part to it, the most memorable part is the laughing at the end, um, and I just remember, tell me people do, you know, like, the you remember the chorus line, um, and the chugging nature of that, and how it's, but... You know, there's no, like, guitar riff that really stands out that you remember. Like, you remember the guitar riff of almost every single song on this album, aside from from this song. But whatever. My feeling is that the A side of Sabotage, I think, is awesome. You know. You have Hole in the Sky. You have Don't Start Too Late, which isn't like, you know, they could have done without it, but I don't mind it being in there. It's like a quick little thing. It's just nice. It's whatever. And then you have Something in the Universe, which is awesome. Megalomania is great. And then you kick off the B-side with Thrill of It All, which is phenomenal. Uh, Super Czar yeah, okay. A little bit too long, but it sounds cool. Am I going insane? I I could have done without. And then you close Strong with the Rip. So really, the B-side for me, has the two songs, Super Czar and Am I Going Insane, are the weaker parts. Had they taken out, I think, personally... And this is just me. People will disagree, but this is just me. Had they taken out Am I Going Insane? And had they condensed Super Czar to be, like, two minutes instead of four minutes. And had they put in Sometimes I'm Happy, which is a song that they 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 played a lot on tour... But it never ended up on a record. This was around the time, the era of Sad Bloody Sabbath and Sabotage was the period of time in which uh, they were playing the song Sometimes I'm Happy. Which, and if you've never heard Sometimes I'm Happy, I think it's it's on a bunch of their live shows. But specifically, the one that I listen to and I go, this song is incredible. Why did they never record this? Um, was from the Caljam performance, where Ozzy's voice is just might even rival Symptom of the Universe in terms of the the notes that he hits. Had they con- taken out Am I Going Insane, condensed Superzar to about two minutes, and put in Sometimes I'm Happy, I think Sabotage is the best Sabbath album. And, but you know what? It is what it is. You know, I I I kind of it feels a little bit weird to kind of talk about oh they should have done this, they should have done that when we're talking about an album that is what, 47 46 years old, however old this album is I'm not going to do the math right now <laughs> you know, it's an old album you know, talking about what people should have done 45, 46 48 years ago uh, there's, not much, there's not much use in doing that, but I think, am I going insane? It's fine, you know. I, I don't actively seek it out. I, uh, most times when I shuffle my playlist for Sabbath, I just kind of skip it because you know, once you hear it, you know it, you get it. You know, it, it, there's not much to it. It's not a song that you find new things in every time you listen to it. There's not a really truly memorable part of like a like a great Tony solo or a great Tony riff that you just gotta you you keep thinking about it and you gotta go back. And I, and I get the point of the repetitive chorus. I get the, the, the whole the contrast of the more upbeat tone of the instrumentals with the darker nature of what the song's talking about. I get all that. And, and lyrically, it fits in with a lot of what this whole r- record's about. But I don't know, it just it' just kind of, you know, once you're a minute in, you get it, and then it goes on for another three is similar to Superzar. once you're a minute into the record you get what it's supposed to, once you're a minute into the song you get what it's supposed to be and then it's got another three minutes and i think the the um the fact that Superzar and am i going insane are right next to each other kind of highlights the weaknesses of both songs so for me this is the weakest part of the record you have a credible A-side, you have a great start to the B-side with uh, throw of It All, then it starts to kind of, you're, you're feeling the, the runtime with the album a little bit before you get a fantastic closer in the rip. It, it's just a little bit unfortunate, because I think, I really do think that had they made a couple more changes to this B-side, Condensed Superzar, maybe taken out Am I Going Insane, or maybe combined Superzar and Am I Going Insane into one song and then have uh, Sometimes I'm Happy in there, or maybe another song that none of us would know, but they just made up then. This could have, it would have elevated the record even more. And I think it says a lot about how great Hole in the Sky, uh, Symptom of the Universe, Megalomania, Throw of It All The Writ, how great those songs are, that even with this sort of slower part of the record, A lot of people consider Sabotage to be the best record that they made. And I still think it's a top three, even with this weaker part. And I do think this weakest part of this album, putting Technical Ecstasy aside, is probably the weakest part of any of the albums that we've had thus far. And even with that being the case... This is still, like, a top three record, and I think that shows how strong the strongest parts of this record is. Uh, I think that just, it just shows how strong those are. That even with this being the weakest part of any of the albums, it's still a top three record for me. And for a longest, long, long time, Sabotage was my favorite album that Black Sabbath had done. So, I I, I don't want to, sh- I don't like shitting on Sabbath songs. You know, this is a, I'm not trying to shit on it, I just think, you know... Compared to many of the other songs that they have, this is just one of the weaker ones. Uh, and and I, I will say, up to this point, I think Technical Ecstasy, Technical Ecstasy is going to be an interesting one to discuss. I have so many thoughts on that album, both good and bad. Um, but I think up until this point, with every single song that we've listened to and we've discussed, I do think Am I Going Insane is my least favorite Sabbath song. But that's just me. I'm sure there are people out there who really enjoy the song, who really like it, and think it's a a really great part of this record and really helps tie it together. And I think that's awesome that you guys, for those of you who like the song, I think that's awesome. Um, I just kind of wish I shared the same sentiment. But that's just me. I want to know from you guys, what do you think about Am I Going Insane? Do you agree with me that it's a little bit repetitive? You could have done without it. You wouldn't have hated it if it was off the the album or do you disagree and you think no this is a great song it has a really great important part on this album it plays it really helps with the flow of the album because you just go right into the writ which i think is one of the strongest parts of the song what do you think leave all of your thoughts in the comment section below and we are concluding our dive into sabotage from 1975 uh the sixth studio album from black sabbath we have done hole in the sky don't start too late symptom of the universe megalomania the thrill of it all super czar am i going insane and now we are doing the rip uh and i've had a lot of fun doing this album because uh this is i know this has been by far the most requested album from you guys and from i've been surprised how many people have said that this is their favorite sabbath album Uh, And so I've had a ton of fun talking about this song. And it's one of my favorites as well. It's in my top three. Um, I'd say my favorite is Volume 4. My second favorite is Black Sabbath. And my third favorite is Sabotage. Um, And so I've had a ton of fun talking about this. Uh, So after this video, we're of course going to discuss the writ, close out the album. The next video we will be doing is reading the comment section and reading all of your thoughts on the album, because I want to make sure that you guys jump into the comment section, leave all of your thoughts on every single video, and I want to make sure that we discuss and talk about all of your thoughts, because I love doing that. Now, usually in the past, for all the other albums, I've done them by myself. For Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, I did it with uh, Johnny Gifford, who of course helps out on a couple of the songs every album, and that I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, and I am I'm think Johnny's gonna be back for when we do uh, our sabotage reading your thoughts on the album. Johnny's gonna be back for that. I am toying with the idea of maybe doing a live stream for that. So in the comments, let me know what you think. Should we do it just as a recorded video of the two of us or should we do a live stream? because I have a feel like there was 21 comments <laughs> on hole in the sky alone. Uh, So I think it's going to take some time for us to get through all the comments for Sabotage. And so I was toying with the idea of doing a live stream. So let me know uh, what you think about that. Would you like to see us do a live stream as we do all the comment section or would you prefer a recorded video put out after the fact? Let me know in the comment section because I'd be very interested in knowing what you guys want us to do. But we're not here to talk today about things we're going to do later. No, no, no. Today, right now, we are listening to The Rit and concluding Sabotage. So let's just jump right in. Let's just listen to The Rit. And, no. Of course, picking up where Am I Going Insane left off, The a nice transition. One of the best trans- I think maybe the best transition from one song to another that any, uh, any South album has- This song is so complex in terms of there's so many different elements and highs and lows and instrumentals and riffs. It's just phenomenal. I love this. Is this the bass? I'm assuming. I love that. I love that. Dude, like right into it I love that contrast again it's all about the contrast it's all about let's have the quiet then the loud let's have the fast and the slow let's have the dark then the light you know it's all this whole album is just like all the contrasts and Ozzy's voice is so good in this song as it is this whole album this whole album he hits his highest notes And you almost have like the way that's structured. You almost have Ozzy goes, then the guitar goes, then Ozzy goes, then the guitar goes, as opposed to them kind of playing over each other. It's almost like a back and forth, like a wrestling, uh, you know, what's it like tug it, tug tug Wait, you had the rope and you pull. I think I don't know. Whatever, who cares? <laughs> now. This song is really interesting because this is the only Sabbath song that Ozzy sat down and wrote out himself. Which is really interesting. You know, there are some where he kind of improvised, like Planet Caravan, he kind of just was making things up and that's what they went with. I'm pretty sure Sabra Kadabra was improvised as well. But this is the only Sabbath song that Ozzy himself sat down with like pen and paper and wrote out the lyrics and it's so well written it's a long song it's well written it's poetic it, it's you know for someone who at this time didn't really write really any songs he wrote a phenomenal song it's angry it's 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 you know vengeful it's filled with just you know angst it's now of course as we've talked about with this album, they were going through all these lawsuits. They were being screwed over by managers. They were in and out of court. And so Ozzy was sort of venting and taking out a lot of his anger and frustration on um, the people who were who were sabotaging them with the song. So this song, this whole song, is such a nice little cap on the album, really encapsulating all their anger and 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 everything, frustration, everything they were feeling at this period of time in their lives. His voice is so good! I love this. love to sort of... It's like, it's got to be... I don't think it's an echo. It's got to be a double track. Sort of similar to what they have with Megalomania. Um, very similar to what they had with Megalomania. So it feels very consistent there. They really have a strong motif there this whole album of multiple voices... Uh, Almost like voices talking in your head, which really is sort of accented with Am I Going Insane and that whole transition of the laughter into uh, into the song. Now this is a very good foreshadow of the end of the song because what I love about this is you have this little part playing which is cool, but it doesn't really mean much as much as it does once you get to the end and this is the very end of the song as well. They sort of foreshadow the end, and then they come right back to it. They're jumping around all over the song, and I think it's so well-orchestrated. And then you get this part, which is just phenomenal. (sighs) Beautiful. A very, you know, very reminiscent of Symptom of the Universe. notes he hits, man. This is their most emotional song, I think. And then you kind of go right back into it. There's so many different parts to this song, and I love that. You know, and for it being as long as it is... You can put right back into it. For the song being as long as it is, you know, we were just talking about two songs being way too long and they're four minutes each, but Megalomania and this song are like eight minutes long and they work perfectly. So it's all about what the song is. I feel like he's floating, like, almost like a plant caravan, kind of floating through space. You might just think the words are wrong. This whole next line is just... I love it. Too many people... Too many people advising, me advising me. But they don't know what my eyes, what my eyes see. see. I love that line. That's, like, one of my favorite Sabbath lines. Build up, build up, and up. Comes right back in. You know, the little riff that you heard in the beginning, but you didn't think too much about at that time? Comes right back into play, and it's phenomenal. What a great closer. It's one of those riffs that you could just have playing over and over and over and over again, and you never grow tired of it. It has that nature to it. Really hear bill on that on those drums pounding away. I'm so glad that it fades out. You don't need it. There's no breakdown needed. You don't need like a end. It just needs to fade out because it's one of those risks that can just go on forever. And then you got this part. Everybody blowing a What the hell? I've never, if anyone knows the story behind that, please let me know. I don't know why it's there. It's just funny. <laughs> I just hear it like, what? what the hell? <laughs> What's going on, man? I don't know. So, I mean, like, had that gone on any longer, I would have been like, alright, cut that out. But, you know, it's just whatever. Sabbath has a sense of humor. And, you know, it, it kind of matches. You have the beginning part of Hole in the Sky has a little bit of banter between them. So, why not have a little bit of something at the end of the album as well? It just kind of bookends it. So, that is The Writ. And The Writ, for a long time, was my favorite Sabbath song. It is not anymore, but it's definitely up there. It's definitely, probably a top 10. I I, I don't even, I've lost track of how many times I've said I have a song in the top 10. So, who knows what my top 10 actually is, but The writ is just excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent song. So many parts, so nuanced. The lyrics are phenomenal. It, and Ozzy just... I mean, Ozzy wrote such a great song. And... You know, Geezer, of course, I think, Geezer wrote phenomenal songs. Through the whole... All the albums, he wrote great songs, great lyrics, and then... But, you know, you just listen to this song and you're like, wow, Ozzy can write. Ozzy can write. Now, I don't know for sure or for certain how much, for his solo career, how much he wrote the lyrics. Um, I'm sure there's an answer. I just don't know it. Whether he wrote all the lyrics himself, whether he co-wrote it with people. But, you know, you just look at a song like this and he can write. When he wants to, when he's motivated, he can sit and... He, he can sit down and he can write a really good song. So that was cool to see. I love all all the different parts of the song. The highs, the lows, the contrast. It's just so well done. Um, a funny little side note about this song. Um, so, I for my 21st birthday, I went to a bar with a few of my friends. Johnny, who's on this channel, uh, he went there as well. He was there with me. So we went to this bar to celebrate my twenty-first birthday, and we're playing pool. And uh, somebody who I thought was one of the staff but turns out it was just somebody at the bar. They had like a like a jukebox kind of thing, um, but it wasn't like you know it, you could like look up all different songs. And he says to me, he's like, "Hey, it's your birthday. Um, w- we'll put on whatever song you want. What do you like?" And I'm like, "Well, I I love Black Sabbath." He's like, well, what Black Sabbath song do you want? Do you want, um, do you want, oh, Snowblind's a great song. Oh, Sweet Leaf is awesome. Oh, what song do you want? And I say, I want the rip And he goes, all right, if that's what you want. He puts on the Rit. Now, I'm going to put it in, in while I edit this video. I'm going to add in just for the full effect. So I want you to imagine we're at this bar. There are people around. They put on and through the speakers. You just hear
1: this. (laughs) (laughs)
0: The owner of the bar, the guy behind the the bartender, is just like, "What the hell is going on?" (laughs) And the guy's like, "I don't know, just what he wanted to listen to." And they're just like, "Oh, Jesus!" (laughs) So yeah, so that's uh, that's how um, the whole bar in uh. (laughs) The whole bar just listened to this maniacal laughing and nobody knew what was happening and why he was playing. I'm like, oh, maybe for what, what we were doing, maybe I should have put on Sweet Leaf or Snowblind or something <laughs> instead of the maniacal laughter of the writ. Um So that, whenever I hear that opening bit, I always kind of think of that like just a hard cut to, ah! you know, kind of laughing, but... I love this song. I think it's fantastic. I, I think it's, you know, especially when you're talking about closer songs and Spiral Architect was a little bit on the weaker side for a closer to an album for Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. They come right back in with The writ being a fantastic closer for Sabotage. So those are all of my thoughts on The writ. And I want to know from you guys, what do you think? Do you agree with me and all of my thoughts on The writ? Uh, and how much I loved, like, the contrasts, and how, you know, intricate it, how it's composed, how there's so many different parts that are kind of jumping around into. They go to this part, they go to this part, they go back to this, and then they go to this, and they foreshadow this, and then go back to this, and how, how well-constructed it is. Or do you disagree, and, you know, it just doesn't quite work for you as much? Maybe you notice the difference between, you know, these are the songs written by Geezer, this is a song written by Ozzy. Or, you know, it, it doesn't work as well for you. I want to know, leave all of your thoughts in the comment section below. And please do, because like I said at the top of this video, our next video is me going through all the comments uh, in the comment section and talking about and discussing all of your thoughts on the album. So please take a look, uh, go through uh, through all the videos, leave all of your thoughts there. Well, once again, I'm your host, Nathaniel Molnar. thank you so much for watching. Make sure to like, make sure to comment, make sure to subscribe for more content. Uh, And so I will be, as I usually do, I will be taking the audio from all these videos, putting it together to give you a full podcast version of our whole dive into Sabotage. So that will be coming out shortly. And then right after that, we will be doing your thoughts on Sabotage. So until then, until we discuss all of your thoughts on the album, thank you for watching.